the Cardboard Mechanics Podcast, where we take a look under the hood of board games and talk about the mechanisms and narratives that drive design. Yeah, I think what we want to do here uh, is we kind of want to discuss um, just kind of generically our tastes in games, probably because it's really helpful to kind of know what we like. So that when we talk about things, you understand kind of what perspective we come from, uh, where we go. Because if I'm someone who likes uh, a, t- a certain type of game that can really frame how I'm going to view other mechanics or view other things, uh, you know, someone who likes a lot of take that, um, you know, may not like a multiplayer solitaire style game and vice versa. Someone who likes uh, multiplayer solitaire is kind of a care bear and doesn't want to harm other people doesn't want to play a really aggressive in your face game so uh some some different things there were I, we're just going to kind of talk about uh what games we like kind of some key games that we've um experienced in our gaming career that have uh either opened our minds or really kind of led us down a path and um see where it, see where it takes us so, I like um, how you make our listeners think that we have careers in gaming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I've uh, I've made money gaming. I'm actually uh, I, I think if you get if you get paid at something, that makes you a professional. So that's true. Um, I've gotten paid to play Dominion, which makes me a Dominion oh. professional. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. I I mean, I've gotten I've gotten paid by publishers for my published games, but not very much. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, likewise. Uh, and to be fair, I've only won $15 playing Dominion, but that makes me a professional, so. <laughs> yeah, you're totally a professional. All right, so, and, and I think, I think you know, mainly we'll bounce off each other. So, like you mentioned a game, a mechanic in that game, and maybe I'll pull uh, from from what you're saying and mention a game uh, with a similar mechanic or something like yeah. that that I like as well. Yeah. So, let's let's get started. What, what, what game do you think you're going to start with uh, that you'd like to talk about first that is on your list of games you like? Well, so I think broadly I like games where you're building. Um, and I don't necessarily mean like construction or, you know, whatever. Um, but but I like, um, I have a very strong history in chess. I played a lot of chess in middle school and high school. Um, I played in lots of tournaments. I took lessons from a grandmaster. Um but it, it um, kind of when I found other board games, it started. To, I looked at chess and I was like, "Man, I I think we have collectively done better in gaming. Like gaming has evolved and gotten better." And I mean, I don't, I don't even mean that from just like a you look at the Super Nintendo versus you know the the brand new consoles. Uh, obviously, like the technology and like video gaming has gotten better. But even in board gaming, the quote technology unquote has gotten better in how we do things and you know like how many games used to have skip a turn versus how many games now skip turns just not fun. You don't want to skip a turn. You sat down yeah. to play the game. Let's not skip turns. So like yeah. Um, when I started looking at other games, and I mean, like one of the one of the games immediately that stuck out to me as a chess player was Hive, um, because it's very chess-like. You've got you know your dark and light pieces. You've got kind of these moves. It's back and forth. It's like the same idea. But that was a game that were like stuck out to me early. I grabbed it and and I fell in love with that one. And it's still one that I like. I hold. I still play every now and again. But it's it's tough being like a former chess player who can like look you know 10 moves into the future to try and introduce somebody to that game it's oh you crush them yeah i don't want to play that game with you <laughs> I, I don't believe you i don't blame you my beetle <laughs> will sit on your queen bee and you'll have a bad time i'm gonna make sure yeah <laughs> also it's got yeah, spiders never really, you know <laughs> i don't think i've played a full game of hive i think i played a digital version <laughs> like <laughs> a half a game yeah yeah and it it was the abstracts aren't I usually don't dip into abstracts too much. I mean, I guess if I was going to bounce off that idea, Azul is is the series of Azul series. Mm -hmm. I guess there's a new one out coming Mm -hmm. soon. Um, As far as abstracts go, I really, really enjoy it. And that's one that I play, that I'll play with my wife. She doesn't have a long list of games that she'll play with me necessarily, but that is one. Um, that we both really really enjoy so mm-hmm. we'll play uh, any of the any of the three actually that are out i actually i'm one of the few i think uh that like the stained glass version a lot yeah summer pavilion is actually actually kind of heavy in a way 
Right. Uh, it's very thinky, um, a lot more so than the first two. I really like it, um, but it's the most gamery right. of the Azul series. But going back to the original, the original is just still such a solid little mm-hmm. abstract. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it, um, which which kind of drags us into the into the conversation of drafting, which if you look at my list, it's one of those things where I don't realize until I kind of write them down how many drafting games I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not and it's not like card drafting. It's like every kind of drafting. Azul's tile drafting, Draftosaurus is meeple drafting, mm-hmm. right? Right. Dice miner is dice drafting, right? Um, and 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 so, and you know, you got Seven Wonders, you have Sushi Go. Those those are your your typical card drafting, and those are fantastic. And and I, yeah, so it's mm-hmm. one of those things where I, I don't think that drafting is like one of my favorite mechanics, but it turns out, um, it's 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 definitely a, among among one of my favorites, yep. um, for sure. It's not one that I u- typically think of, but um, yeah, I, I, I find I guess there are a lot of drafting games that I really enjoy. So, so yeah, and, and I'm gonna make a strange comparison here, but I, I think auction and drafting have some similarities, and that it's mm-hmm. all about the value that players place on the objects they're taking. Yeah. Um, auction is a really hard mechanic for people who are new to a game to get into because the very first time you play a game and they're like, here, you can buy this object. How much money would you like to spend on it? Right. And there's yeah. so many questions that could come from, I, well, I don't know yeah. how much, how much money am I going to make in the future? How much is this thing worth? How many more auctions are going to be? How much do these other players want these things? How, you know, there's so many questions and drafting is a much, everything is take the card. Right. So like yeah. like Seven Wonders has it's like free. a Yeah, yeah. So like Seven Wonders has a, I think uh an easier like pick one of these cards. Um as opposed to like some auction games, like what comes to mind immediately is like Medici is like, well, how many more auctions are gonna be? How much money do I get to spend? How much money am I to get out of these things? And, and so like there's like a lot of questions and I think both those games are good. But like drafting, yeah, it really does like that that like the the evaluation part of it of it which is like a lot of games are like evaluating what you think is going to be good um it does that evaluation a lot better um for for ramping people on anyways now if you've played a drafting game a million times and you've played an auction game a million times you know that you know you're you now know the value of things and can make better assessments and whatever. And then the game, but, but the on-ramp for an auction game is a little hard. I, I like both for sure. And yeah, drafting is definitely one of those mechanics that I've got a lot of in my list. You know, seven wonders is one I can always pull out with my family. It's, it's really good. The, the iconology is not too bad. Um, I, I like icons a lot. Uh, it's a lot easier for me to remember than text. Uh, I don't, I don't know why it just, it just links for me better. Um, and I, I know, think it's, yeah, I, just just to mention iconology real mm-hmm. quick and iconography, uh, I I feel like you know when I was a new ish gamer, I felt intimidated by iconography. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those things where the more you play games, the more you appreciate them, um, because there's a universality to to, and a, and there's not as much of a language barrier there, and you can read things quickly. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely it's. <laughs> like auctions, there's definitely a speed bump there. I think for new oh, yeah. gamers, uh, so iconography that's something that we as seasoned, more seasoned gamers, we take that for granted in, in a lot of ways when we're introducing a game mm-hmm. uh, to to new gamers um, that they don't necessarily love the idea that they have to learn this kind of new language in a right. way. Um, and and because we've played so many games with the same kind of iconography, you tend to learn what things sort of mean just simply because a lot of the iconography is reused and it's kind of close. You know, if there's a card and there's an arrow pointing down, what does that mean? Uh, it probably means it's mine. That's right. It goes to you. And uh-huh. if it goes up, it probably means it's going away. And if it has and that- an olive branch, how many points is it worth? you know uh, if it's got an x on it you probably discard it or remove it from the game yeah there's so many icons that like as gamers we just kind of know but yeah until somebody knows it's words are just so much better and even small terms right like i know me and you are really big fans of deck builders uh the word trash 
or scrap, yeah. depending on what game you come from, yep. we know what that means. So right. I can play any, any, even games that are not deck builders. When I tell somebody to trash something, you know, like, or when somebody tells me to trash something, I know what that means. Yeah. Uh, so, so um, like, unless it's, you're talking about a hotel room, right? Okay, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like. Uh, and I guess that that's another thing to talk about. Uh, I, I think that's a shared love of ours is, is Dominion for sure. I mean, I've already mentioned that, but uh, that was one of those games I think really kind of kicked off gaming for me. So I, I, I uh, ran a gaming club in, um, in college. Um, me and a few friends decided we want to play some games and really they were, they were Warhammer players uh, and wanted to kind of make, get some other people into it. Um, and how you're going to convince broke college kids to play Warhammer, I'll never know, but good on them for trying. Um, and I liked board games a lot and kind of wanted to get some other people in. So we all started the tabletop club and, um, yeah. So one of our first things we did was collect, everybody gave some bucks in and we pitched together and bought some games. And one of the first games we bought, we bought, uh, Dominion for like the first edition of Dominion when it came out. Uh, we bought that and the first night we got it, um, we started at maybe like 6 p.m. and we rotated players and just like continued playing and continued playing nonstop. Um, and then my alarm and you never stopped. Yeah, my alarm to wake up went off. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, I got to be at class in an hour. And and then I looked up and I'm like, oh, well, you know, the building to go to class is like right there. It's like five minute walk. So let's play one more game. Let's go. Um, so, you know, we, we just kind of, yeah, that, that has been solidified in my rotation forever. And I mean, I just, I, I don't stop. That's one of those games that any moment I'm just like, yeah, let's, let's, let's click on play some dominion online. I'm ready. And, and that, and even the term deck building, um, isn't, you know, is something that's so, uh, saturated and well-known within the, with our within our world mm-hmm. um and you know and that's something that we're using in our new game mm-hmm. our design that we're working on now um there's sort of been a resurgence in deck building and that's that's been something that's interesting when you know when when i also i was playing dominion and i thought oh i wanted you know i want to make a deck builder because that's what newbie um sort of <laughs> board game designers do because they realize how kind of versatile it is and, and how you can introduce rules simply that you just put on the cards um put iconography on the cards and and just start to learn this thing and build this thing and and play as you go um and you know it's it sort of got to a point at back in those days uh, i want to say 2014 ish mm-hmm. somewhere in there um where there was a saturation there were so many people trying to make deck builders at the same time because of the popularity, I think, of Dominion. And right. publishers didn't want to look at them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they had plenty. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it kind of fell off a little bit uh, trend-wise. And it, and it found a resurgence recently because I think people started to realize that coupled with other mechanics – uh, it could be something new again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it wasn't, it didn't have to be a game that was completely based in deck building, but a game that uses deck building as one of its mechanics. Right. And w- we saw that happen in Clank, uh, right? Um, that that was, that became very, very popular. And, and then most recently you and I played um, Summer Camp, which yeah. is Philip Walker Harding, who's one of my favorite designers. Right. Uh, in the world uh, because of his amazing ability to take something somewhat complicated and boil it down to its most interesting version of itself. And he Mm -hmm. designs with an elegance that's just incredible. And he, and he took summer in summer camp, he took a deck builder and basically added some tracks, which is not too far from what you and I are doing. Mm -hmm. We're doing something similar. Ours is a bit more complex and heavy and has a lot more going on, but Summer Camp has just something that feels very, it has a lot of variability because it has all different decks you can kind of mix in with it mm-hmm. and go, going up these tracks. And But he does something really interesting. You remember what that is uh, with, with, it's sort of like, it's not even on the cards. It's just 
there's one rule that basically says if if you don't want to use the power on the card, then the card is just worth one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Well, and, and yeah, there's a couple of different deck builders that have done. So Nightfall does that. Um, uh-huh. uh, Nightfall is kind of a weird one that like it's like a group fight game with some it's got a draft mechanic. Uh, it has public piles like Dominion, but then you draft some secret piles that only you can buy. Um, it's got like a combat mechanic and wounds a good. It's got oh, like when all I kinds played of that. That's a it's a vampire game, right? Yeah, it, well, vampires, yeah. werewolves, kind of all. Oh, that, right, right. That yeah, whole monsters. Yeah, monsters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's yeah, and that, that one does that too. That was um, fun. Yeah, th- I mean, there's so many good ones, and I like the pure deck builders. You know, um, I-, I think Ascension's like a really good, super quick one to get people into the genre if they've never played it. Um, you know, um, and I think that that one has like a lot of design philosophies that's very different from something like Dominion, and they they each yeah. do their own thing. And then you've got like um, Star Realms. I think is another really good one that's like yeah, super Star Realms quick. was one that I played until i could not play it anymore on my phone that was one of the that was like one of the first deck builders that you could get mm-hmm. in and in, in digital form and i played the hell out of that game that game oh, yeah. that's a it's a really good deck builder oh yeah 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 i mean it's still one that i'll crack out if it's me and one other person who go to a restaurant uh that's a good one to crack out and it, you know yeah. it's funny because i mentioned that there's so many good deck builders out there that have done so many different things uh you know and i look over at the hotness right now on bgg and i see dune imperium and lost ruins of arnak both at the top and yeah. those are both deck builders we've played that kind of do some interesting yep. things that use a deck so so like deck building it is interesting because it, it it needs to like i think the 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 brilliance of dominion is how much you shuffle your deck and you get to use those cards over and over again so you feel mm-hmm. like you're growing um and uh, it's very important that you get to do that because if you don't get to shuffle your deck enough, it doesn't feel right. I've played some where you don't get to shuffle your deck, but maybe once or twice in a game. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. why are we using a deck then? Because I, yeah. I want to use these cards a lot. But so like uh, Dune and Prayum, you shuffled enough. Ruins of Arnak, you went through your deck a couple times. So you kind of felt the cards yeah. hit a couple times. Um, you know, and, and I think people are starting to realize that like if you can utilize it with other mechanics, you can definitely use it as like a really strong thing. And then it, feels a little thematic because it, it is definitely a mechanic that's hard to it, it's hard to put it on a like what do you what is this deck what are you doing with it i mean great western trail it's a bunch of cows so what, why why don't why don't i just have all the cows and you know and oh well thematically you can only wrangle so many at a time because you're okay cool this it, it sort of makes sense sure and like things like that like dude imperium well why can't i just have all my troops well you're a commander and you you only command so many of your people to okay all right fine so so like it kind of like those thematic ties have kind of helped it too to like strengthen what the mechanic means in the game um yeah. and so it like makes sense as opposed to like dc deck builder and ascension where I, the theme is not incredibly strong and i don't mind that a bit because the game is fun um but yeah. like yeah. why do i buy things with kicks <laughs> Why do I kick things yeah. to buy them? That doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> sure, I kick Batman three times and I get, I get his hat. I don't know. It, whatever. Okay. So um, you know, and, and there's and it's uh, it's a thing where like it's taken people a bit to figure out how to thematically tie it in. And now that we've done that, it it feels more mechanically sound and like makes sense and is like really added to some games and really made some games like. I don't see a lot a lot of these games that use deck building now, they couldn't not be a deck builder. It just wouldn't work, right? right. Um, you know, I couldn't see Ruins of Arnak using the cards as a tableau. I don't think it would work as well. You know, I couldn't see yeah. Dune Imperium using the card. You know what I mean? Just like there's not a replacement for the deck. So it's yeah, great. It's interesting that both of those games kind of out around the same time, both kind of leaning on the popularity of of mixing. Uh, worker placement with deck building. Yeah. Um, I, I'm wondering, like, what other worker placement slash deck builders we're going to see um, kind of rise to the top mm-hmm. at this time, because I think that they've sort of popularized that mix of, mm-hmm. of those two mechanics together and, and a, both in a really interesting way. Um, both of those I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, you, you, you mentioned something interesting, and that's about kind of the the strategy of cycling your deck and and the importance of that 
Um, you and I have put a lot of importance of that in, uh, in in a uh, what, what's the name of our game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, 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 that's not my place to say. That's right, a, right. In sovereign stars. <laughs> yeah, sure. So yeah, yeah. It's definitely a thing where, like, I think it's a very important part of a deck builder is just simply that if you're not shuffling the deck it doesn't feel quite right because like you want the cards you put in the deck to show up and if they never show up then it doesn't feel like you don't feel like you're growing if you just playing your starter cards over and over again then you could do something more akin to like uh like a concordia style mechanic without buying cards i guess i don't like i i think that's another game that has like a really interesting because because the the deck building is really good but there's also been kind of like a hand building fusion and that line has blurred right where yeah. um there's there's tableau which is uh, i believe that's the french word for table right um yeah. and we just say it to feel cool i guess i don't know right um so tableau building yeah you have the the tableau so builders you're building a table you have the hand builders, and I don't know how to say hand in French, or I would. And then you have the deck builders, and again, I don't La know how to hand. say. Yeah, I don't know how to say deck in French either. So, um, but La deck. Um, so you have these uh, the the deck, the hand, and the tableau builders, and I think they all kind of have a similar vibe, but do things in a little different way. And so those uh, those hand builders have been interesting too. So like Concordia is a big one, um, and then one we played recently, Lewis and Clark um lewis yeah. and clark is like one of my all-time favorites um the yeah, only it, thing a, i want out of that game is like another 50 cards i, I just want a more variety because like I, I love the game i love it so much i just want more of it right yeah hand building is actually a really really interesting kind of twist on it it's funny because i was just thinking about this the other day emerson masucci who who created century spice road um he had mentioned in an interview that he was he he called it a deck builder which it's it's really not <laughs> it it's a hand builder and and there it's an engine builder that you're building in your hand um and and he kind of uses that term very loosely and it's funny because th there is this venn diagram where hand building and, and engine building and deck building kind of cross over right mm -hmm. because your deck is an engine and and what you're building in your hand is also an engine so both of those, I would say, hand building and deck building are similar engine builders. Um, he also did Reef, which I think is a little bit underrated. I think that game is absolutely mind-bendingly elegant and, and creative mm -hmm. um, as, as a hand builder as well, as a little engine builder. Um, really, really, really interesting mechanic, the way that that hand building kind of is used. Um, but yeah, that that's something that I really enjoy as well. Uh, something that I think is definitely um, not talked about as much, maybe, mm -hmm. um, or, or or mentioned as much as as like a favorite mechanic. Like I like hand building, hand management. Um, maybe just because of the word hand is there, it just sounds weird. I don't know. Yeah, I I mean it's a it's it's a cool like offshoot and, and i mean i like them both for different reasons hand management or like hand builders have that part of the hand management but but can sometimes sprawl a little bit where you have like too yeah. many cards and start to get a little crazy i think deck builders flow sometimes where it's just like here are your five cards what are you doing with them um and most of them do five cards and that's just because it's like a good number of cards to manage right whereas with a hand builder sometimes you're getting in the in the vicinity of like 10 to 15 cards in hand and it just starts to get a little unwieldy and like tough so like right. there's there's right. some elegance to the randomness and, and that's also a thing too i think um something in game design that that like um you know being somebody that used to play a lot of chess in chess the better player wins that's just how it kind of or well and if they're tied, then white wins. But um, it, <laughs> so, it, you know, it, it's there's not a whole lot going. But then you you go and play something else like, I don't know, you play uh, roll the die who can roll higher. And that's just a total game of luck. Right. And so finding that balance, <laughs> though, will get people coming back because you want people to feel like their actions have impact. But you also want players who aren't very good to feel like they have a chance. And, and so that's. 
uh kind of leads me into uh like another favorite of mine i really like heavier games and i like splatters a lot so talking about new players not having a chance um hello <laughs> um yeah splatters are brutal they're rough but i think i really like uh so food chain magnate is like a the, one of the big ones and to me that's the closest a board game has ever gotten to like starcraft or like an rts like it really is it has like build orders it has like scouting and like counterplay and uh it has like all the elements of an rts in like in a board game and it's so that's good weird i've never heard of it <laughs> described that way uh my my comment is <laughs> my comment for rating this game on bgg is if starcraft were a board game about building restaurants yeah it's exactly that it's like That's it's so funny uh and uh that'll be a whole episode about me preaching about go. why food shape magnate is actually an rts um you'll be talking all by yourself i think in that episode <laughs> because i have nothing to input uh i, yeah. I don't even want to ever play uh, oh, food chain magnate yes never you do. yes you do. It's i so, really don't um I well have, and have i mean no interest. you know all, all the splatter games um indonesia is really good i like um antiquities fun uh uh, uh the great zimbabwe's like all of those games are so good i unfortunately have never gotten the opportunity to play roads and boats which is one that like i look at and i drool every time um so yeah i I like those really and and so it kind of comes from like a design philosophy i've heard two statements uh kind of very contrasting statements what i think are really interesting and it's like that thing where like i think everything in gaming kind of runs on a scale and you don't want to hit either end too hard so like kind of the splatters have said something and i'm not quoting exactly it's kind of to the effect of if the first move if you can't lose on the first move why is it there you know, basically what you're saying, like, if you can't, if, if like the first move isn't all that bad, then why even bother? Right. Because if it doesn't matter, then don't have it in the game. And then I think Eric Lang kind of has like the opposite philosophy of you, if you can't win on the last action, then why did you play the first half of the game? And yeah. those are like very opposite, like kind of statements, philosophies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I like them because every time I'm thinking about a game, I'm thinking about both at the same time. And it just pulls my brain like like a grilled cheese, you know, when you cut it in half, you spread and the cheese just string like 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 a mozzarella stick. I just that that like how how do you do both? And you kind of can't, but like you want those begin those first three moves to be impactful, but you don't want them to just determine the whole course of the game. But then again, you don't want someone who was doing terribly the entire game the whole time to just come back on the last turn, you know, and finally come back snap back to reality and oh i won the game uh you know so yeah, like it, do something amazing yeah right it, it's it's an interesting uh and, and, paradox yeah and, and, I, and i see it as i and i see see the issue that i that i have with splatter and eric lang is that i think that games should just do something that's a little bit more in the middle i don't want to play a splatter make a move realize i made a bad move and then spend the next three hours regretting it as i play <laughs> what I want to do two, two and a half, two is, and a half. You, yeah. <laughs> I want to feel like I want to feel like okay, I may have done something suboptimal, but my but the next few turns that I make are going to feel very rewarding and possibly get me uh I'm going to do something clever enough down the line that that could put me a little bit ahead. And 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 where it's going to feel like by the end of the game, maybe I've done just enough clever things uh and feel all that rewarding experience along the way um, to to pull a win or come in really close second, and and I feel a, a pretty a pretty good amount of satisfaction from that. Um, <laughs> that's that's why I basically don't play spotters because I can I can see those those issues coming up where I'm just miserable <laughs> the second half of an entire uh, deep game of 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 whatever that may be food magnet or, or what so, have you. so can i step one 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 foot down further in the rabbit hole uh sure i also like uh 18xx's um so i like those <laughs> <laughs> those heavy economic games that take a long time i mean like my first yeah. live play of 1830 i was very new to 18xx's but it took us something like seven hours um because we were bad at it and, and but like i play them online i have a group that i play some 18xx's with uh i really enjoy them i don't have like a favorite per se 
I just think they're fun. They're, I just, I just think they're neat. I, I like they're, they're a lot of fun to try and figure out what you think is going to be good. It's that speculation thing. Hey, we're tying back to the beginning of the episode. Uh, speculating yes, right. on things. I was going to say is, we're circling right back to auctions here. Yeah. So yeah, because I mean, a lot of eighteen Xs do have auctions, and it's all about speculation. Really, the game is until you, if you've never played it before, it's speculating what you think is going to be good, um, and just executing and trying to do the best you can and. Sometimes you got to make some important decisions in the middle on where you're going to pivot and how you're going to make those changes uh, to try and put you in the lead. But um, yeah, those games are definitely like very brutal, um, very long. And sometimes you will make a move and 15 minutes in, you're like, yeah, well, I'll see you guys in four hours. Here we go. <laughs> you know, it's it's the way they are. But they're, they're so much fun. And it's a thing where like, um, I think part of what I like there is the familiarity between them um because like like we were talking earlier with deck builders and like with iconology um familiarity goes a long way and with the 18xx's because a lot of them are the same you can pretty much say well it's like 1830 but blank um and so that pretty much tells me everything i need to know about the game in like 12 seconds now having said that to learn 1830 definitely took me a bit and even like uh board game blitz has a video on how to play 1830 and it's brilliant but it's still like 12 minutes and she's talking like so fast so incredibly fast um (laughs) but it's a it's an excellent video um and it's not hard to keep up with honestly it's well done uh just i i think that like once you get that first one under your belt and you play it and then someone introduces you to the next one if you could stomach the first one, um, then you can get into the next one super easy and, and go, oh, okay, it's like that game I played before, but these two things or three things are different. And, and so you can just kind of chain them and keep going on. And so I, I like that familiarity. And so I think also that kind of leads to a lot of my tastes are, um, I'm not against trying something new, but I like things that are uh, that I know I like already. And I'm not as likely to explore. I will. I, I definitely will jump out there and try something way out of my wheelhouse every now and again. But uh, for the most part, I like, you know, if it's a deck builder, I'll take a look because I know I like deck builders. If it's a train game, I'll take a look because choo-choo. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like train games um, when they're not 18xx, basically. When, <laughs> yeah. when, <laughs> when they're... When they're shorter versions, you know, mm-hmm. I think you and I played Irish Gage mm-hmm. uh, at, I don't know where we were. Pax, Pax Unplugged, Unplugged 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was really cool. Um, and then most recently we played Travis Hill's um, rail. Uh, what is it? What is the Union, Union Station? Station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Cube Rails game. And, and I enjoy that kind of boiled down um, version of, of a train game more so, I think. You know what it is too that I that I really like mechanically about them are are mostly just the just like that moment when you get the payouts for for your for your stocks for your trains. It's just mm-hmm. such a good feeling that yeah. those are those are the moments that you I think why people like train games in general. Um, I guess you like them just because they're you like the heavy economics. You like it when it gets deep and long. I, I suppose, mm-hmm. but. Um, I, I'm ready to move on after an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. No, and I mean, I, I get it. It's 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 definitely not for everybody. I although I I think everybody. It's one of those things where, like like I said, I usually like to stick to things that I know I like. Um, but you got to jump out of your wheelhouse every now and again and just give something a crazy try because it it, it might just totally tickle the senses in a way that you're not familiar. So you know, if yeah. you're scared of 18xx's, honestly, give one a try. There's a lot of good smaller ones that are really good for intro level that are rules like comparatively less brutal less long um and if you're playing it online um it does a lot of the math for you where you don't have to figure out okay this runs for 40 plus 30 plus 20 that's 90 i split it into shares i have three shares three times nine is 18 i'll collect 18 dollars. oh i don't have okay i'll give two ones to take a 20 and it just becomes like shuffling poker chips for four hours but i i you know i don't mind that but like the online totally like simplifies that experience and makes it to where it's a lot easier to get into and just uh, get one done and then kind of go hmm i did or did not like what happened there so you know yeah well, all right. Well, um, maybe you can convince me to play an 18xx that that takes a couple hours and 
if we get the right people and i have enough beers yeah. we can uh <laughs> we can sit down and do that excellent point. all right um it's working what else what else should we hit on um while we're here some yeah. of our some of our kind of favorite i'm thinking um do you is there are there some interesting mechanics that that don't get a lot of that don't really get a lot of mention or play necessarily mm-hmm. um, that exists in very few games that are really good. Like f- what comes to mind for me is, is, is one of my um, favorite um, Alex Kevern games, gold West, mm-hmm. where he uses a Mancala mechanic to pull kind of uh, resources up out of a, out of a mine as it were in order to kind of spend it in one of three ways. Once you're kind of out of that mine and you're building these camps and, uh, turning over tiles and, and, and getting bonuses and fulfilling contracts. It's just such a, such a interesting and, and, and fun, uh, little TM, TMG game. Mm-hmm. Um, the tasty minstrel, um, may they rest in peace. Um, they, they, they put out a, a lot of good quality games. Um, they will be missed. Yeah, uh, hopefully maybe sure. someday they'll, they'll make a comeback, but gold West, I think it was, is, was a sleeper, honestly a sleeper mm-hmm. hit of theirs and i thought it was uh it was just such a fantastic uh take on 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 a mancala mechanic um and i believe that was one of alex's like first um big signings um before he started kind of like signing a million games with renegade mm-hmm. um and i don't i don't see a lot of games using a mancala mechanic these days um newer games can do any come to mind for you i mean trajan's like the only one that, trajan yeah uh, yeah yeah that's yeah. like the classic um right. i can't right. think of too too many off the top of my head that use that i mean there's like i totally forgot about trajan <laughs> yeah, that's yeah a, that's, that's a fair. big one for sure uh, uh rondell's in general are kind of similar in a fashion that's Rondell is like true. a one is like a one piece Mancala, right? It, 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 uh, tra- <laughs> yeah, Trajan uses it in, in sort of a circular fashion, right? Yeah, that's yeah. The, you you pick up and you pull around, right? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Another really like clever mechanic I like, and, and it's it's definitely used a lot, but like to me, a lot of times the games fall flat. So I mean, Carcassonne's an old classic. Tile placement is big, right? A yeah. lot of games use tile placement. But not mm-hmm. many games do it in a way that just really makes me go, ooh, yes, that's good. And mm-hmm. so, like, one of my, I think, like, the sleeperest, sleepy game ever is Vegas Showdown. Um, and it's mm. probably not the one you're thinking of. It's an old Avalon Hill game. Uh, and it okay. had auctions. You bid on these tiles and you placed them and you had a hotel-casino combo. And you were trying to, I think the theme was you were, like, millionaire friends trying to make the best combo. And whoever won got everybody's hotel casino combo or whatever but but you bid on these tiles and then you placed them on your sheet and they all had to had doors kind of weird doors and you had to connect them back to each side you had a casino side and a hotel side and all the yellow tiles had to connect to the casino all the blues had to connect to the hotel and then what does yellow and blue make it makes green so the green tiles can connect to either thing those are like lounges and things um so like you had this tile placement thing and then you had a cool income mechanic where basically you had population and income, uh, which were number of people in your uh, establishment and then number of places for them to spend money. And so you got whichever one was less. Because if you have a lot of people and not many places for them to spend money, they don't. And if you have a lot of places for people to spend money and not very many people, they don't. So so you had to balance both. And then also you were placing these tiles and you got placement bonuses for putting, filling these diamonds. So there were like lots of cool little things going on that really, oh man, that game is just so crisp and it's easy to teach. It's fun. It flows. Uh, Man, it it looks cool too. It's just kind of bright colors and, you know, it's Vegas, right? So I I think that's like one of the sleeper games that like, yeah, tile placement is like a, is like a fun mechanic that like a lot of times I see it and I play it and I'm just like, okay, yeah, it was fun. But like, you know, Vegas Showdown, Kirkerstone, those were like some of the big ones. And and I don't like very many tile placement games, but those got yeah, me. Yeah, it's, it's it's funny. Tile, tile laying, the tile placement, it kind of never goes away. You know, there's always there's always some tile laying game. I, mm-hmm. Right now, what's hot is Cascadia, Randy Flynn's. Mm-hmm. And you and I played his oh, yes. prototype. And it's good. It's just yep. really good. It's There's something just very, very satisfying about 
just ha- just drafting those and that has drafting right yeah, Dra- yeah, drafting those hex tiles putting it down putting those pieces on top of those and and then just trying to like combine those to get the you know in that in that scoring fashion that that's very popular i feel like these days as well and you see it in um the tiny towns you know mm-hmm. where where you kind of draw out one type of each card you know out of a pile and you're going to use five of them sort of for for you know scoring conditions that you're kind of placing out to look for um when you're placing it down um and that that there's something like super super satisfying about kind of building this world um drafting those and building this world for yourself and and trying to combine them in in the most efficient way possible to 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 meet those scoring conditions um very very uh fun and satisfying kind of quick too you know under an hour mm-hmm. gameplay right yeah and and i mean like yeah cascadia was phenomenal game it looked really really good i remember playing like early prototypes of that and randy worked on that for ages and like every version just kept getting better and better it was so fun i, I remember like one of the most like one of the prototypes i played and i just remember telling him i was playing the game like why does this have a board and he just kind of looked at me and was like oh and then it no longer had a board and I, that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> that that was yeah, uh they- I, I think a lot of people get that. that feedback. And that, that was super fun, like seeing that game evolve. Is it game, like because there were so many versions of it, and every one of them was good. And it was like, yeah, this game is so much fun. And then just the next version came out. I was like, wow, this is more fun than that last version. And then the next and, one and, came and, out. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, Sean and those guys, um, that when they when they finally put out the the final product, you know, it was even better than when you and I played it. Just oh, to, yeah. you know, back in 2019, I got the, you know, I backed the Kickstarter and got that and played that when my parents came played it with my kid yeah cascadia is very impressive it's 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 one of those i think just very elegant simple accomplishments where it takes you know your traditional kind of tiling and just just hits it just right Mm -hmm. i I love that one uh let's let's uh let's hit on i think we've hit a lot of cool mechanics and like honestly Mm -hmm. i can't think of any major ones that miss that i like that i love oh i can oh can you i can Oh go, yeah, go! I know which one. I know which ones you like. We haven't talked yet about push your luck, and that oh. is one I know you like. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah. you play uh, murder ball or whatever that's called. What is that blood called? bowl, blood bowl, blood bowl, and blood bowl is sort of a digital. Well, you play it digitally. Yeah. Uh, f- um, fan- fantasy. I want to say fantasy football, but it's not fantasy football. <laughs> it's uh. I play fantasy football. That's actually NFL. You play. You I'm- play football fantasy. Where it's ogres and 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 uh, zombies and I don't know what else is in that Skaven. skeletons. That's that's what I play. <laughs> I like my little my little cheese rats. So. Um, right, and uses a push your luck mechanic. But you know, I there's a there is a game I want to mention um, that I have on my list as something that's I think is very very underrated, and it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a Red Raven game, Locket, yep. right? Yep. Um, Megaland, Megaland. It came out before Quacks of Quedlinburg, and what Quacks does really, really well is it, it combines um, push your luck and sort of an engine builder at the same time, right? Where you're building so you get more things that give you kind of more powers in order to get more things. That's what an engine builder does. Um, but it uses push your luck in order to do that. He had a contract, I guess, that that he got from Target to do a Target exclusive, and it was Megaland, and it's something that I picked up from Target. I didn't know anything about it, and I, I took it home, and I was really, really impressed by it. And I guess I, I don't think it did that well. I think mainly because your mainstream audience, it's just slightly too complex for them, even though it it's not at all. As a gamer, you go in there and you you realize it's it's probably too light for any heavy gamer, certainly. Yeah. yeah. But what it does is it, it it's it's sort of this just card mechanic where you go and you push your luck, and you, you're either you either duck out or you're all in. Um, for for the next card to come out, and you could lose all of your jewels, whatever that may be, right? Or you go back to town, you get to keep the jewels that you've you've taken, and then you use those jewels to buy cards from you know that you're building your little town or your tableau with that give you more powers to do to do more and to be able to get away with more as you go. And it's just it's very good. It's very yeah. good. It's 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 a great way to use push your luck, and and it's it's one that I enjoy a lot that I think most people don't play that much probably anymore and know about <laughs> yeah uh yeah push your luck you, you're right that's a mechanic i totally skipped on because 
uh ink and gold or diamant is just like an absolute classic for me i can i like that game i carry it everywhere it, it goes with me everywhere and, and i just absolutely love it and, and uh it because it's so simple it's easy enough and like my copy i put um so it comes with cards that you use and one card says i'm staying in the temple and the other card says i'm leaving and i it's not as i don't like the cards as much so what i did is i put uh, i bought a bag of wooden meeples and i put uh put them in the box and everybody gets a meeple and so basically what i do is everybody puts it in their hand and all at the same time you reveal your hand and either you drop a meeple that means you're still in the temple or you open your hand and nothing comes out that means you disappeared you're back in your tent um, and it's nice. so much more dramatic and fun to like reveal that way. <laughs> um, and, and it also just makes more sense for people. They don't have to, which card does what? What is it? No, just, you know, either you're there or you disappeared, right? And then yeah. we're flipping the card over and it's all these gems or it's a snake or, you know, oh man, that, that game just such, like, it's, uh, I have a category of game I like, which this is not really a, um, it's not really a mechanic or a theme, but I have what I like to call restaurant games, which are games okay. I can fit in my pocket, bring with me to a restaurant, and oh. we can play before the food gets there. I um, thought you were going to say they're all restaurant-themed games, no, but that's no. not what you meant. No, no, no and, and I mean, um, yeah, it's definitely been harder to go to restaurants recently, but um, you know, it's a th- it was a big popular category for me because uh, that's kind of what me and my friends would do is before a game day, we would all go to a restaurant. We'd go to a restaurant, we'd eat, and then we'd come back and then we'd play games all day. And that way, you know, nobody's hungry, nobody, whatever. And then also the plus side of that is that none of your games have snack fingers on them because nobody's mm-hmm, eating. Mm-hmm. So it's game yeah, preservation. No at the game table. Exactly. No Cheetos fingers <laughs> on my games. So, um, but yeah, like I love those games that like, and there's so many games in that genre that I've hit that like, um, I mean, uh, Ink and Gold, uh, Circus Flocati, uh, Greed, um, uh, Candy Chasers, uh, goodness, there's so many, a lot of the Oink games, um, yeah. so many of those games have just like... You, you got it, your you, classic Can't Stop. Yep. I love Can't Stop. Yeah. It's yeah. just so simple. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that one's great. good too. I, uh, Dice usually, me and Dice... We're not the best of friends, um, but sometimes we'll we'll make do, you know. But yeah, I can't stop the classic. Guys don't well. hate you as much as they hate Chris Kirkman, so you're you're fine. <laughs> That's true. That's a fact. Um, but yeah, they they certainly we we certainly uh, we side eye each other. That's that's for sure. <laughs> Well, I mean, you, you, you made a push-your-luck game, right? Uh, yep. I, I know you like this mechanic because you made Fire in the Library with Tony. Yep. We talked about that in our last episode. And, and I still think um, the core of that game is just brilliant. And I, I still think it's just such an amazing design. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pu- pu- push-your-luck is I, – I tried to make one. I've tried to make actually a couple different uh, push-your-luck games and, and have had no luck <laughs> yet so far yep. uh, in, in, in kind of finalizing one of those designs uh, and getting that published. But – I, no, still, maybe in the future, we'll see. I think if you're uh, coming up shy on a push-your-look game and your ending was zero, that means you push too hard. So <laughs> don't right. don't push this hard. I walked away with nothing. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. Right. Um, So I, I think here, now we finally hit all the mechanics. Uh, yeah, that, I think that we kind have. Of I, think, real, I, think I, I can't think of too many more mechanics that are like super stand out to me that I like. I'm looking through my list of kind of my top rated games, um, you know, and I see... Like well, a lot of abstracts, well, and, and I mean, that's just like a thing that a lot of those I'm really big on. Um, uh, but I mean, like uh, like the gift series like in you're general. Avoiding, I feel like you're avoiding Rondell's on purpose, and yeah. I'm, I'm a little offended by it. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's not a mechanic slightly. I go seeking. It just shows up sometimes. It's like <laughs> yeah, for, like you said, drafting shows up, and you're like, I didn't know I like drafting. And Rondell's for me are that mechanic where it's not like I'm not actively thinking about how much I like Rondell's. They just kind of show up every now and again. Um, yeah, it's, and it's I can't even think of games that have them. It's just sometimes I didn't go out of my just... way to create a Rondell game. It just yeah. it it happened because it 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 all of a sudden it felt like the best way to kind of manage those the that decision space, right? You want to kind of close up that decision space if you have kind of six special actions you can do. You don't want to give everybody a choice of all six every time. It's it, it becomes a lot to think about. So. What a rondell does is it cuts down those decisions. You can do a couple in front of you, or you can like it's sort of push your lucky, right? You can you can pay and you're gonna lose some you're gonna lose some money, but you're gonna get around to that other thing you might maybe want to do a little bit more right now. Um 
But Rondell is actually really interesting. And, and we talked about this in the first episode too. I played Teotihuacan, which is like a, a, a fairly heavy Rondell game that's just amazing and absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, and even even if it's trying to manage that decision space, you still have an insane amount of decisions because you have so many things you can be moving uh, on a turn or you have the choice to move on a turn like pretty much anywhere on the entire table. I think for future episodes, and, and maybe this is this is a good way to kind of end this episode, is um, we will be talking specifically about maybe one mechanic for the entire episode. We've kind of hit a bunch of them today, and we, we've we've talked about all the ones that kind of we like and those and the games related um, and why we like them. But I think I think for future episodes, we're gonna either pick a, a game and just talk the heck out of it. Um, or we're going to pick a mechanic and just talk the heck out of it and talk about all the games that kind of hit on that space or maybe even missed um, when it came to implementing that mechanic as well. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I think we've got tons of different mechanics to talk about. And especially uh, one thing I think would be really important is for us to talk about the ones we didn't hit here, too. Because, um, like, I, I'm, on, I'm seeing, like, I have... Uh, you know, uh, like I said, I sometimes like to jump out of my comfort zone and play a game that is way out of my wheelhouse and I end up liking it. And like, for instance, Battlestar Galactica is one of those that's very highly rated by me, but it hits it hits nothing I like. But somehow that game is just <laughs> incredible. Yeah, we're not talking about we're not talking about the betrayal. We're not talking about no. um, cooperative right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind- yeah, there, there, there's a lot of things that we're kind of not hitting. But, you know, this this the second episode is really just about the things we like most and, and mm-hmm. why. So so I, we'll get there. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. Don't oh, don't yeah. you fret. I'm drooling <laughs> at how many games here that I would I could spend three hours talking about. And our listeners, I'm sure all, all three of them <laughs> are going to be excited for you to spend at least one of those hours yeah. um, on air talking about it because we're not going to record yeah. that. for three Yeah. Hours. Just if you would keep quiet while I talk, please. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we're good. I think it's a decent yeah, I think we are. Um, all right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Cardboard Mechanics Podcast. Cardboard Mechanics.